absolutely have to hear. I think I can. Mrs. Franklin, whatever, Commander, Commissioner, General, whatever she was, Franklin, everything. She says that if your love does not produce a service spirit in you, it does not bear the stamp of Jesus and needs perfected. She was concerned that the army would come to a place where its service would not be a true servant spirit like Jesus. John Wesley wrote the same thing about Methodists. He said, I don't fear you're going to stop existing. You're always going to be in some church of faith, probably. I'm afraid that you're going to have to form a religion without the power of it. And that all too sadly has been the case in many denominations. Now, into this context of service, of mutual love, comes another woman. So you've got these great people, marvelous people, but Jesus never says about them what he says about her. That's not what we want to be recognized. It's just, I want to be in the center of what it means to serve him because there's so many things to do in the world. So many needs. I want to know how, what I do pleases Jesus. This woman. Now, I, I looked at the book and found that Jesus has an interesting relationship with women. They're very unique. The people who supported him financially were women, wealthy women apparently. We never mentioned a wealthy man who supported him. You've got that, the rabbi that deals with a woman who's a Samaritan. He deals with a foreign woman who everybody thinks is a dog. Remember that discussion about crumbs and under the table, dogs looking up crumbs. The woman with the issue of blood, an unclean woman, touches Jesus. No unclean woman would ever touch a rabbi. And she, of course, is healed. We have another anointing of his feet in Luke 7 by a woman who's apparently a deep sinner. We are all deep sinners, but she knew at that point what Jesus was able to do for her alone. Again, an unclean woman. And then Passion Week. Who are the people at the cross, at the tomb? They're women. Jesus and women. It's an amazing study. It's an amazing picture of reality. But Mark does something no one of the other uh, Gospels do, as far as I can tell. That's a contrast between the women or the woman and the men in the room. This is a very interesting study. Salvation Army has this thing where you have men and women equal, which I love. In other places, it's not quite so equal. In other places, the women think they're a lot smarter than the men. Of course, they're not sure of the Army. But in, 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 in other places, it, it's true. I, I read a quote just this week. And, I know I hate the slaps at the marriage, I, you know, but they're funny. Anyway, and, and, and it says this, it said, a husband is either right or happy, but he can't be both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> there are all kinds of, but the contrast in the book of Mark are remarkable. <laughs> You've got the woman, Syracuse woman in chapter 7. You have one little vignette. Uh, I'm trying to be stuck and I'm not still making a noise. All right. Then you have yeah, that one little vignette of that woman who's giving all of her, her, her two pennies, all of her life, and Jesus is looking at her. At the end of chapter, this chapter, you've got this woman, unnamed woman. And in between, you have a bunch of men, disciples, who are doing what they think is the right thing. In fact, I think you could say they thought they were serving Jesus. They thought they were on the mission field for Jesus. Doing the right thing for Jesus. But he never says of anything they ever do. Anything like he says about this one. Now, I'm astounded by this. And so, I come back on a day focused on service. You're going to hear service a hundred times more today. And if you're in the army, you hear it every time you get together. We are to serve. But somehow or other, the contrast 
doesn't resonate deeply enough in our hearts. We don't really realize that only once does Jesus say, of one woman, look what she's done. He never stops and says to any disciple, look what he did. This woman he stops. And I want to know why. Because I want to serve in a way where Jesus is pleased. I'm not going to drag you through this, but in Bible study, the great thing about the Gospels is you have these four different Spirit-inspired emphases. Different perspectives the Spirit can give. That is we're all unique. Four different true historical stories of the same vignette. Different vantage points, not mistakes. Different Spirit-led vantage points with different emphases. Matthew and John have the same story. And by the way, the story pivots toward the cross. You're going to see Jesus on the cross. You're going to see this woman's action first for what it is, for service things. In John, we have this beautiful addition. She, he tells us that she also wiped his feet, not just poured a ointment on his head, and the house was filled with the aroma of what she did. I love that phrase. All of them mention the poor. All of them mention that Jesus said, the poor you always have with you. He's saying on Deuteronomy 15, never forget the poor. Today as you walk out this building, you're going to be uh, met with, I don't know, tables or brochures about sponsoring children whose lives in some way have been diminished. You're going to be challenged right off the bat. Your response in life comes out of a heart like this. Jesus says, the poor you always have it. But how do I serve him in a world full of the poor in a way that, that pleases him? Jesus uses the exact phrase Joe Shield in a moment. Did you hear him say it? He said it was my preparer, my preparation for burial. The same thing happens here. As she's anointing him, Jesus looks back out at all these men who don't get it, and he says, This is preparation for my burial. Notice the bottom of this little slide here. There only once does he say, but I've heard it twice already. Wherever the gospels preach in all the world, speak about this woman. Now I think this is three quick points this morning I want to share. And they're going to come very quickly. I hope we can stay with you in this emotional time this morning as you find your heart. You see, serving Jesus is not about you or me. That's the first thing. It's not about me. My problem, as I grew up in Mission Field, with missionary parents who gave their hearts to Jesus, went wherever he said, did whatever he wanted, was I didn't like the result. The result was not what I wanted. I had a very different value system. And these verses, through this paragraph, show that value Especially on the top of He knew exactly how much the perfume costs. I think Jews was married. You know why? Because he knew how much that perfume cost. He picked them all, and he saw the wife gone toward that weird town with a white woman lady, and he knew exactly how much opium or poison or bedlam or frenzy cost. And it cost a lot. In those days, it was very that's, a, that's two years' wages, some people said. And he was focused on that, the money part. And most people, when you ask to serve, they think about the money. How am I going to get it? There's not enough money. I would think that if food, the Boos or the Brangles or anyone here was here, they would think, you know, I mean, would you stop thinking like a business for a moment? It's so easy to get a business in a place where people are responding to Jesus without the value system of someone unlike this woman. They looked at what she did and they snorted at it. You're pretty upset when you snort. 
they were distorted. They're upset. They're upset because she's on the money. Meaning on target. They're on the money in another way. They missed Jesus. Now, there's a different law. And the law of serving Jesus comes down to this. If you and I are not willing to be viewed as a waste by the world, I don't think what you're doing is really Jesus. I'll just be flat out on it. I know the Lord's very creative. I'm not saying you can't have money. I'm not saying you can't have a nice I don't whatever. That's ridiculous talk. My point is, the world has a different value system than Jesus. And even disciples can have that wrong truth. Here's a woman who's not thinking about the waste. She's not focused on herself. She's doing something for Jesus, and she's not thinking, I hope he's interested in how much I'm giving him. A radically different view of life and goods and plans and where we go to school. I wish we, as a, as a group of Christians, could leave this place saying, I am not going to serve Jesus through the army, or whatever he calls me, but I function. I'm not going to be a functionary. I'm going to live my life out of relationship. I can't think of one more important thing to do, because I have watched the army You are the hardest soldiers do. Hardest working people I know. I can't imagine. The seminary is able to provide all the first in the army has to be aware when they bump into the real world after this is astounding. But I also fear that what takes over is function, the function of daily busyness and the relationship with Jesus. That becomes sort of a waste of time. And the problem ends up in all kinds of problems in marriage and family and, and even ministry. It happens everywhere. The army is. Is a, is a sitting duck for that because work is a major part of your life. You can't get away from it. Now, look what they did. They were living disciples by duty. All that left with She was living life as a waste. And everything on that side focuses on the face of Jesus. That face you and I've seen so beautifully portrayed today in a, in a life changing way. And Jesus knew that. He knew in the moment. He could tell three years of work, three years of duty, and one moment of face seeking. Sir. And he said, Stop. Watch what she's doing. I won't read this boring quote for some ancient guy. Basically, what he's saying is he's going to wake up for you, Christian. All right, let's go ahead.
And Jesus says, that's what I'm looking for. A symbol of something different. What did the jar represent? I think it represents self-will. Do this I have done this morning. As you think about serving Jesus, it's amazing how, without the Spirit's perfecting, sanctifying, guiding, leading presence, every act of service to Jesus can be misapplied. And that jar can represent someone here or someone outside this place. You're not going to follow Jesus because you want that person in your life. You have a desire in your life. You have a focus, a dream. And the Lord says, no, not that, but I don't want them. you. You have a choice. Maybe she was a manipulator. Whatever that word is. A manipulator. Maybe she was a manipulator. And she knew that that was a symbol of a husband she wanted or a relationship she once had. And she was saying, I smashed this point in my life. I don't know about you. But as I try to serve my precious wife, my four children, my colleagues where I work, I find this is a daily debate. Unless there's some place where the Holy Spirit can come and say, you know, I've defeated that self, and now today in this place, I want to remind you what that means. Because I want your service to please Jesus. Therefore, whatever's difficult to do, I want to lay that on the body of Jesus. As you do that, you find that service comes out of the heart of self-giving world. Thirty seconds. Revival Asher, you've all heard about, maybe you haven't needed me to read about it. What I, one of the stories I love after came from a selfish Navian's daughter calling her dad back. He was in another state after it happened. And she said, Dad, I found Jesus today. And he said, Honey, what do you mean you found Jesus? She said, I, I found Jesus today. He said, Well, honey, You've done open air meetings, you've been to summer, you've led summer camps, you've done all the Salvation Army things. What do you mean? You've given testimony. What do you think you found? She said, Daddy, I did that all before to please you. But today I met Jesus, and now I can do those things to please him. I thought to myself, her testimony ought to be the testimony of every Christian in the world. But sadly, Choice is yours. Do you have a jar to smash? If you do, I mean to do that right here. Would you stand? I want to ask. Uh, Captain, one, two, three.